Welcome to the Virtual Staff Room, a podcast made for teachers, by teachers, and all with a dash of educational technology thrown in. My name is Joachim Cohen, and today, like every day, I am joined by two rather awesome members of the Technology for Learning team, Yvette Pachoglian and Linda Lazenby. Welcome, team. Hello, hey, guys. Welcome back. It's 2021. Yes, we've made it. How were your breaks? What did you get up to? Linda. Well, I had a great break. Every break is great, but I was down the south coast at the glorious Naruma. Oh. Managed to get out of the city limits. I did. How about you, Yvette? What oh, did you get up to? first week or two was in uh, wonderful Northern Beaches lockdown. So <laughs> got a lot of reading, a lot of writing done. Beaches were closed. So there was a lot of sitting at home. But uh, hey, it was good. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't scheduled anything. It was just a fun time. Oh, so much time for relaxation, reflection and ready to power up. We've got no bags under our eyes. We are excited for 2021 on the virtual staff room. So what do we have in store for you today? Let's get straight into it. Well, in case you'd not heard, Tuesday the 9th of February is Safer Internet Day. And so to learn all about it and how it applies to the classroom, we are lucky to be speaking to the manager, education training and inquiries from the eSafety Commissioner, Kelly Britnell. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks, Joe. But before we get into the nitty gritty about Safer Internet Day, Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how your passion for working in eSafety was sparked? Oh, that's a history lesson, Joe. Um, but I was actually teaching, uh, and this was around 2007, I think it was, and I was in a school that was very technology-rich, and um, all the students had one-on-one laptops. We were probably a little bit ahead of the game. And I was working in the welfare pastoral area, and it became apparent that um, the students I was teaching were doing what students do and sometimes doing the wrong thing. And I could see what we were doing as educators and we were punishing them. And I thought, there's something wrong with this. We're actually not teaching them how to use the internet safely. And it was kind of that that sparked my interest in online safety. And what I decided to do was a little bit of a community of practice of like schools where I was teaching. And I decided to focus on online safety. And that was really the start of me getting interested um, in wanting to keep students in particular safe online. Awesome. Thanks, Kelly. Um, obviously, times have changed and, and now this is becoming even more important than it ever was. Um, but maybe if our listeners haven't heard of the Office of the eSafety Commissioner, um, could you tell us a little bit about the organisation itself and, and what the role of the eSafety Commissioner is? Sure. The, the eSafety Commissioner actually started about five and a half years ago. And we started as the world's first government agency, so we're federal government, committed to keeping all Australians safer online. So we started as the Children's eSafety Commissioner and we had a focus on youth cyberbullying, um, illegal and harmful content, which a lot of that is child sexual abuse material, and education and awareness raising for children and young people. But it didn't take very long uh, before we started getting new responsibilities and that's when we dropped children's out of our name in, in 2017. And so now we've got a broader role and it includes, includes functions related to people at risk of family and domestic violence um, and particularly the impact of technology on domestic violence. We also have a team that looks after image-based abuse which is the non-consensual sharing of intimate images. And then we've got a whole lot of resources and information for the safe use of the internet by older Australians as well. Mm. 
quite a piece of work you're um, working on there, Kelly. Can you tell us a little bit about Safer Internet Day and, and what does it aim to achieve for our schools? Well, Safer Internet Day is a, a global campaign and about 170 countries get involved in it. And um, the eSafety Commissioner ha has been tasked with kind of organising some events on the 9th of February. And it's a day where the world comes together with a shared vision of trying to make online experiences better for everyone. And so it's raising awareness about the safe and positive use of digital technology. So it's a good time to explore the role we can all play in creating a better online community. Oh, I just love the sound of that, you know, getting, you know, everyone across the, the globe really united in this um, effort to, to leverage the resource for good. And um, I'm excited that the theme for 2021 is Start the Chat. Can you unpack this for us and tell us what the aim is? Sure, Joe. It's, um, it's really a great opportunity for all Australians to start the chat about being safer online, uh, whether it's at home, whether it's at school or work or in the community, and then keep building the digital skills throughout the year. And one of the things we know at the eSafety Commissioner is that kids as young as two are now accessing the internet. And if they're starting that young, we really need to be starting the chat early. And as young people start their digital journey, we believe it's really important to provide them with age-appropriate advice and resources to, to help them keep safe online. Kelly, one aspect of that, um, you know, awareness raising is around critical reasoning and around being a critical digital citizen. Are you able to expand on, you know, or give us some thoughts on how to become a critical online operator and that kind of persona that we want our students to build? Yeah, this is a really big question about, like, how do you, you know, you know create or help someone become effective uh, with these skills? So, we're talking about questioning and examining ideas that you might see online, um, being able to analyse and interpret and, and evaluate. But there's, you know, when I was thinking about this question, I've actually thought about something that some people may have heard about, and that's recognising our own echo chambers. And if you haven't heard of that term before, it's really about taking stock of who you follow, like whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, for example, we do have a natural tendency to interact more with people who echo our beliefs. And the, this echo chamber at times is probably comforting if you've got people that are reinforcing your ideas, but sometimes that can do some damage in understanding issues and the information that is highlighted in our feeds and our viewpoints. And it's really important, I think, as, as part of this skill of being a critical digital citizen that we need to be more discerning at analysing our sources. And, and it, I think it's a great idea to follow others that may think differently. So that, that's one aspect. Um, you know, for teachers, I think it's really important that educators know how misinformation impacts young people, um, whether it be with their health, um, might be democracy, and might also be relationships. And it's one of the reasons why in, in 2021, um, we have created some teacher professional learning um, to help teachers because we're focusing on misinformation and emerging technologies. And I think it's really um, challenging to keep up to date. And, and 
I definitely think this will, will help in the classroom when it comes to helping young people develop those key skills that they need. Absolutely. And that the whole work around echo chambers has been coming up a lot and I think it's important that we analyse who we get that information from. And so much of where we're getting our information from is around algorithms in the digital world. And could you tell our listeners briefly about how they're used for good? Sure. Um, to put it really simply, um, algorithms are a mathematical set of, set of rules specifying how a group of data behaves. And there's some lots of concerns and challenges and, you know, you don't have to go far to find that information with the use of algorithms. But if you think of things like material, like terrorist photos and videos that are published online, are often automatically identified by its algorithm and are removed before anyone actually has a chance to see them. Um, you know, if it wasn't for algorithms, um, we wouldn't be getting the most useful information because it does pick up on the user and the sorts of content that we like and consume and enjoy. And so um, it, it can steer us to useful information a lot quicker if we didn't have it. But I think... You know, algorithms' effectiveness often depends on the type of content that it's tasked with detecting. And so um, an example of that is, you know, there's some limitations in natural language processing. Um, often, often prevent algorithms from correctly understanding the meaning, nuance and context of language. Um, and this is really important when trying to identify things like online bullying and harassment. And so... It's, it's algorithms and plus the, the need for humans to be looking at some of these content, uh, you know, content to ascertain whether it is harmful to other users or not. Gee whiz, you know, that really makes you think, doesn't it? Because we often uh, easily accept uh, that devices, the internet, computers, they're, they're really smart, but really it's all about how a human programs it to understand the input that it receives. And you're, you're really emphasising that, I think, for our listeners just there. And I think it's a good segue into the question that I've got because we here at the, the Virtual Staff Room, we're often talking about uh, that I accept button that we see appearing when students are about to share their data and give that data to maybe an engine that's going to make some decisions. What does clicking it actually mean? And what should students and what should teachers be aware of before they go and click it? Well, Joe, when you, when you sign up to a new account, almost 100% of the time you are asked to press the I accept button. Um, and most times what you're accepting is to the terms and conditions that that site sets out. Um, something probably a little bit more common at the moment is that every web, web page that you visit has a message about cookies and it, and it asks you to, to actually you know, accept whether cookies can be saved on your, on, on your computer or your phone or your tablet. Um, and these cookies actually store the website's name and also a unique ID that represents you as a, oh. as a user. And why they have these cookies is that they, um, well, they, they, they contain a lot of things, but They'll be able to do things like know the amount of time that you spend on the website, maybe the links you click while you're using it, uh, some of the options and preferences or settings you choose. 
um, maybe you've been online shopping and so you've put some things in the shopping basket, but then you've decided, oh, I mightn't buy it just yet. And so that's what cookies are recording. Um, so there's some U EU laws that have come in last year. And so that's why we're seeing all these messages now. But basically, in short, it means that com companies need to get your exp explicit consent to collect your data. And so you don't have to agree to the cookies. Um, if a cookie can identify you, you can decline the cookie completely. Um, and so there's you don't have to, but sometimes the flip side is some of these companies simply won't let you use the website yeah. if you don't accept a cookie or the website doesn't work as intended. Um, so th there are implications when you click I accept and we do need to be more informed about what that actually means. And with cookies in Australia, um, Kelly, you can't see the faces that we've all <laughs> been sharing here about our cookie usage and acceptance of cookies. Is that different here in Australia? Well, we don't have the same laws, but what we do know is that there are, like a lot of the companies, are, you know, transboundary. And so um, they've made universal laws that if it doesn't matter where you live, you might not even be an EU re resident, but um, under their uh, legislation, they actually have to have it as part of that. But, um, you know, one of the things um, that's happening as we speak is uh, looking at the act in which we operate. And I suppose some of the things that are happening at the moment in terms of um, some of the overseas uh, political things that are happening in terms of Twitter, um, that a new parliamentary group has just been formed looking at the regulation of social media and, and some of the, their powers. And so I think in the next 12 months in Australia, some of these the rules that pertain around um, what social media companies can do in terms of some of our data, I think will be very much highlighted um, th through the press and through our politicians. It's changing day by day almost, isn't it? Um, the Safer Internet Day tagline is together for a better internet. Um, I guess that, that is kind of giving us this impression that we, as uh, the power of people, we can do something together to change practice. Is that something you perceive happening or is, is the ground laid there for us to be able to do something about this? Well, I do think we we can see things that that are happening, and we know that people are becoming more aware more aware of the risks of the internet, but also the power of the internet. And I think more people are questioning large organisations; they're questioning government, um, press in all its forms, and even social media companies related to their practices, both what they're doing on and offline. And so, it, I think it's a, a watershed moment um, when people around the world are using their collective power to speak out and amplify their voices through all forms of media, but particular on social media platforms. Like we know that technology can be used to perpetrate abuse. Um, technology can also be a tool to fight harassment and hold perpetrators to account. So it, it also promotes other benefits such as diversity and inclusion. Um, as well as transparency and engagement in things like the political process. So I do think that we do have power as people to, to force change and more people are becoming aware of that power. So, Kelly, in terms of, you know, Safer Internet Day and the work of the eSafety team, I know a lot of our schools use, those, use your resources a lot. What resources do you have that people might not be aware of that you could direct teachers to? 
Well, on the website, as you know, we've got a lot of resources. We've got video content. We've got lesson plans. Um, but to mark this year's Safer Internet Day, we're actually releasing some new research, and it's called Digital Lives of Aussie Teens. Um, and it, it's a, a good little short research piece, which is the most up-to-date information you're going to find out about, you know, what teens are saying they they want more support with when it comes to online related issues. Um, but one of the things we're really excited about is we're launching two new resources for young children. And by young children, I mean um, your preschoolers, um, because like I mentioned before, kids are getting online earlier and earlier. So the Swoosh and, swoosh and Glide, they're, they're two little, um, uh, I should know this, but they're uh, sugar gliders, that's what they are. Um, and a great picture book as well as a song by Lala. So if there's anyone that's got young oh. children, you'll know who <laughs> Lala is. Um, yes. Sounds like, you know, who she, who she is. Um, but we're also kicking off our new virtual classrooms and um, that happens to be um, around fake news and real harms. And so that's for the years three to six. Uh, for our high schools, we've got a whole list of uh, resources that can be used as part of our promotion package. So make sure you check out esafety.gov.au um, to, to see um, all the downloads we've put together for Safer Internet Day. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, I agree. I'm just actually looking at it now and I can see, um, you, you know, how you've divided the site up into those different categories that will really help uh, our teachers to be able to jump in and find the resource that relates directly to their classroom. And some of those sound really exciting. And I do confess, as soon as you mentioned Lala, the only thing that popped into my head was Teletubbies. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm, I'm not right there. <laughs> no, no. You've you got to get with the program, Joe. Um, it, definitely not. The we're not re, re uh, invigorating the, um, the Teletubbies. Um, but I also forgot to mention, Joe. we've also got a, a great new webinar for parents and carers. And so if there's educators out there, we're running quite a number of sessions for parents and carers. And we, we've entitled this one Cyberbullying and Online Drama. Um, and so I'd highly recommend um, schools promoting that to their parents and carers. Oh, sounds fantastic. The work you guys are doing, I think, follows all of our minds. Uh, open up a, a whole plethora of extra resources we can go and touch base in. But, Kelly, it's time for the most exciting component. No, not really. The the only component that is repeated in every one of our podcasts, and it's called Rocket Ship Robots. And we challenge every one of our guests, you're on a spaceship, you're heading for outer space. What is the one piece of technology that you would take with you? Oh, gosh, Joe! I, I wish I would have listened to the other podcasts. I would have been ready for it. <laughs> uh, but I have to say it's probably my latest technology per purchase, and it is the iWatch. Um, and because it does multiple functions, I, I don't know about the battery life, though, because it's not fantastic, but I would take that along because it would keep me in touch. Um, and, you know, it's really interesting. I've, I've purchased this mostly because I have an ageing aging mother who, who's about 87, well, not about, she actually is 87, and uh, I purchased one for her as well. And to see her being able to engage with technology, uh, I think whether you're on Earth or in space, um, you can't but really wonder about how far we have have changed and move and the fact that there's so much information in, in a little device that sits on your hand, um, that's, that's what I'd take with me because I think it's got multi-function, so that might be cheating, 
No. Mm-mm. No That's such thing as cheating. Exactly. And I think uh, <laughs> we're seeing a couple of our, our watch wearers here. I can tell you in the virtual staff room as well. And I think you've really highlighted a, you know, an, an amazing alternative use for those kind of devices. Wow. I like it. Thanks for making us think. And, and Kelly, we just want to thank you. It, it is such important work you do. You've introduced all of our listeners to some great resources and a really important way of thinking for the start of 2021. We can't thank you enough for speaking to us here in the virtual staff room. Thanks, Joe, and thanks for the support of New South Wales and all, and all the teachers that are, are doing the hard yards every day that, you know, make sure if you need information about online safety, come to esafety.gov.au. I'm sure there's something that will help you uh, with, with whatever you're trying to find. Linda, Yvette, there is so much more to online safety than meets the eye. Is there one thing from our discussion with Kelly that stood out to you? Well, I, it's that term echo chamber. How am I going to break out of my own echo chamber when I know it exists, but I don't want to move out of my comfort zone? I'm in my little world of hearing things that I want to hear, reading things that I want to read. This is a challenge for everybody. But that's what you do in the real world. You're friends with people that agree with you mostly. So it makes sense that on social you would do the same. I know, but it's it's becoming increasingly a microcosm of life. Like that is what I see. That is what I look at. That is what I watch. That is what I listen to. Anyway, um, that's a real <laughs> that's The world a real is thing bigger, for us. but it isn't bigger it's unless getting you make smaller. the effort. Yes. So anyway, it really it is about how we educate kids to understand that that's a thing. And um, some of the things that Kelly's mentioned have also been created. There's some fantastic resources on the ABC website around media literacy, lots of uh, online interactive workshops for students around understanding like misinformation versus disinformation, which is, you know, that's a new, new phrase within itself, disinformation. Uh, couldn't be more pertinent than right now. Yeah, absolutely. Look at what's unfolding. I'm really interested to see the research they're bringing out about teens and what teens think Mm. they need and what they know because I think for a long time as educators we've thought what we think teens need to know next about being digital citizens but maybe it's not aligning with what they want. So... Yeah, I'm excited mm. to read that research. Mm. Yeah, me too, absolutely. And I think, you know, what stood out for me and probably will come out, of, I imagine, out of that research if we act on it is that we have to act together because these companies are big uh, and if we don't respond as a collective, then it can, they're going to continue to think that they can railroad us. But we actually hold the power if we think about it. So that's what came out to me, that together for a better internet, absolutely, that's for sure. Now, if you're all a little like us, you'll be seeking out some resources and activities to explore with your students surrounding digital citizenship. So team, can we help? Yvette, what have you got in store? Well, as I just mentioned, the ABC resources are very cool go-tos for primary and secondary students. So I'd really recommend you check those out. Look, I took a look on that site as well. I love it. It's from the ABC experts. Well, they're using the familiar figures. Yeah. But are they in my echo chamber, Joe? This is what I've got to grapple with. Well, see, they're not in my echo chamber. So they're not in most teachers' echo chambers. Okay. So, you know, you're you're our super awesome journalist (laughs) slash teacher slash English guru. I'm an ABC junkie. Oh, it's fantastic, though, because we we know, well, I think we know that the ABC is a pretty unbiased source of information. And they're showing you how to be unbiased in your search for information. I love that. So that is my pick, I reckon. You just have nailed it there, Uh, Yvette. With all those 
eSafety Commissioner resources and this one as well, pretty stellar. Linda, what did you find? Um, I would recommend people jump around in the Department of Education's Digital Citizenship website, sorry, um, and that's broken up really well with resources for teachers, for parents and for students, and it's really all about that respectful, responsible and safe use of digital. So um, I'm very much encouraging people to go there. Fantastic. And I tell you that my one resource is a, is a little bit of a gamification and it's been produced by the team from Google. And um, it's about Interland where you go and actually engage with this really cool character and start to learn about what they consider to be the pledge to going online, where you're looking at things like share with care, don't fall for fake, which is in line with those ABC resources, I reckon, um, Yvette, secure your secrets about cookies that we were talking about earlier on today. It's cool to be kind and when in doubt, talk it out. I really like that mantra that they've come up with that kind of brings it into a realm to talk to students about. So there's some yeah. great resources. It's interesting how there's all this, this sort of more holistic approach to lots of programming, like with the Minecraft um, hack challenge last year that had elements of compassion and understanding your neighbour's point of view. So it's, yeah, we're really moving into this territory now where we're really unpacking these bigger ideas for kids. So that sounds great. I'm going to check that one out, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really glad to see, um, you know, all these companies around the world starting to realise their responsibility. So congrats and hats off to Google for that one. So whilst we often have the last word in our podcast, from now on, we want to give you a voice. So do you have a top tech tip, a review of a piece of technology, or a small story of how you've used technology in your classroom? We're going to challenge you to record it just on your iPhone, on your computer, on your Android phone, on anything you can, and send us your MP3 file and we will insert it in here. So there is the challenge. We've laid it down. Linda, Yvette, can you wait to hear these top tech tips? Absolutely pumped. Blown away is all I can say. Yvette and Linda, as always, it has been an absolute blast. And I think this one has been the one where I've learned the most. Mm, very, very interesting today. Lots to think about. Mm. Absolutely. And this podcast has been produced by the masterful Jacob Druce with the assistance and supreme coordination of Heather Thompson, as well as many more awesome members of the T4L team. Just a little note, please be aware that all views expressed by the podcast presenters, that's us, are our personal opinions and not representative of the New South Wales Department of Education. Discussions aren't endorsements of third-party products, services or events. And please note that as much as we sound like it, we are not experts in legalese, tech speak or anything in between. We're just passionate people keen to boost technology for learning in the classroom and to help build the skills in your students and for you to solve the problems of tomorrow. Do your due diligence, read further, and if we've got something wrong, let us know. We too are always learning and always improving. Before we go, please make sure you send us through your comments, your word of techno-wizardry wisdom, and your thoughts for new guests and segments. And if you like the podcast, give us a rating so more and more educators find us and be inspired to get a little techie in the classroom. Stay compassionate, stay curious, stay excited, everyone, and thanks for joining us.